I'm delighted to welcome a new supporting sponsor to the local government news roundup family. It's Ventio, a leading essential infrastructure services provider, redefining service excellence for communities across Australia and New Zealand. Ventio is operating at over 400 sites and with a large and diverse workforce of over 35,000. They specialise in the long-term operation, maintenance and management of critical public and private assets and infrastructure across a broad range of industry segments, including defence and social infrastructure, infrastructure services, telecommunications and transport. For local government, Ventia specialises in the end-to-end delivery of open space management, soft and hard facilities management, street cleansing, minor capital works and much more. Ventia brings capability in whole-of-life asset management and robust use of data for better decision-making for their clients. Ventia, making infrastructure work sustainably for our communities. Head to ventia.com to find out more. Coming up on the Roundup today, a controversial Captain Cook statue to be resurrected, but a Harry Potter-themed event in Mornington Peninsula Shire is now in doubt. Vandal strike in Borbor Shire, a CEO released from her contract for health reasons, newly revealed data on the link between short-stay rentals and the housing crisis. Melbourne councillors in the running for the prestigious McKinnon Prize. Councils take on the New South Wales State Government over housing reforms. A Sydney council withdraws support for drag storytime events. A suspended councillor wins a stay in court. And a council passes a no-confidence vote in its mayor. Welcome to the Roundup. I'm Chris Eddy with a curated selection of news from and about councils across Australia and beyond. It's Friday the 9th of February. The podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government, with support from Davidson, the nationally recognised local government recruitment and business advisory service. A toppled Captain Cook statue in St Kilda will be resurrected after a community consultation proposal was rejected by Port Phillip City Council. The statue was vandalised and cut off at the ankles in the lead-up to the 26th of January this year. The proposal for community consultation on the statue's future was brought forward by Councillor Robbie Niagui and was defeated by five votes to four. Debate on the issue was reportedly heated, with some councillors reprimanded, according to The Guardian, and one member of the gallery asked to leave. ABC News reported that some Indigenous leaders and residents have expressed differing views on the statue's future and disappointment at a lack of consultation. Warner Brothers' plan to host a Harry Potter-themed event in the Briars Wildlife Sanctuary in Mount Martha is being reconsidered due to backlash from locals and environmental groups. A petition to move the event has gained over 21,000 signatures, reflecting concerns about potential harm to native animals. The Age has reported that Mornington Peninsula Shire CEO John Baker has advised that the location for the event is being re-evaluated by the council, together with the event company. Vandals have caused significant damage to Civic Park in Warrigal, including cutting down trees, damaging vegetation and destroying fencing. Borbor Shire Council is assessing the extent of the damage, which is expected to take months to repair. 
Mayor Anne-Marie McCabe has expressed disappointment and urged the vandals to reconsider their actions. The act of vandalism follows recent damage to the Druin Netball Club. The council and Victoria Police are working together on the incidents. Hindmarsh Shire Council has accepted the request of Jessie Holmes to be released from her contract as Chief Executive Officer. Ms Holmes was due to start in the position on the 16th of October last year. However, she has been on leave while receiving treatment for a health condition. The Council will now start the process of recruiting a new CEO. Mayor Brett Island has wished Ms Holmes well for the future and a speedy recovery, as we also do here at The Roundup. The Age reports today on never-before-seen data revealing that almost 50,000 entire dwellings in Victoria are listed as short-stay rentals on Airbnb, making up 1.6% of the state's housing stock. Local government areas with smaller numbers of homes like the Surf Coast, Alpine and Hepburn have higher proportions of short-stay rentals, exceeding 10% in those cases. The report from Urbis found a weak positive correlation between the number of Airbnb listings and areas where rental prices were high and suggests that other factors are driving housing affordability outcomes in Victoria beyond the growth in short-term rental accommodations. Eleven more local councils in Victoria will receive funding from the Victorian Government to improve road safety infrastructure through the Safer Local Roads and Streets program. The $210 million program aims to deliver upgrades on high-risk local roads, intersections and precincts by 2027. The program is part of the Victorian Government's 2030 Road Safety Strategy, which aims to halve road deaths, reduce serious injury and achieve zero trauma by 2050. Warrnambool City Council is proactively addressing the potential impact of artificial intelligence on its workforce, becoming one of the first councils to develop an AI policy. The policy, which will likely require annual updates due to the rapidly evolving nature of AI, aims to provide guidance on the legal, ethical and community standard use of AI. The Council acknowledges the benefits of AI in improving efficiency, but also recognises potential risks such as staff displacement and data security. Mayor Ben Blaine said he was excited that his council was one of the first councils to adopt an AI policy, according to a report this week from the Warrnambool Standard. The shortlist for the 2023 McKinnon Prize has been revealed. The prize is an Australian award for outstanding political leadership. And two Melbourne councillors have made the list of nominees for Emerging Political Leader of the Year. Anthony Tran of Maribyrnong and Jasmine Nguyen of Brimbank, both former mayors of their councils. The shortlist includes political leaders from all levels of government, with nominees demonstrating effective leadership and the ability to inspire future leaders. The final winners will be decided by a selection panel and announced at a later date. You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup, episode number 304, recorded on Friday the 9th of February 2024. To the National Roundup and two Labor councils in Sydney are among those criticising the Minns government's proposed housing reforms, arguing they are overly simplistic and will reduce living standards. The Sydney Morning Herald has reported that the Inner West and Canterbury-Bankstown councils believe the plans will have significant implications for livability, with a potential legal challenge against the reforms. The government's proposals include increased density around transport zones and more low- and medium-density housing around transport and town centres. 
However, the councils argue that the changes apply a one-size-fits-all approach and undermine existing detailed master planning for key suburbs. Fairfield Mayor Frank Carboni has said the changes would mean the end of the backyard and Sydney Mayor Clover Moore said they were being rushed through in a one-size-fits-all approach that will invite unintended consequences. Housing Minister Rose Jackson said the mayors are playing NIMBY politics, engaging in ridiculous low-rent nonsense ahead of local government elections later in the year. Kiama MP Gareth Ward has urged the Minister for Local Government to issue performance improvement orders to the Shoalhaven City Council to rectify its unstable financial situation. 2ST reported that Ward's call came from the floor of State Parliament and follows concerns over cost overruns, contracts with shelf companies, a growing structural deficit and a significant increase in general fund debt. He suggests a similar approach to that taken with Kiama Council, but is not advocating for the Council's dismissal. Rather, he said, and I quote, I wouldn't want to deprive the community of that opportunity at the September local government elections. Sydney's Hillshire Council has voted to stop sponsoring drag storytime events with a 10-2 vote against hosting, quote, drag or sexualised material designed to target children, unquote. ABC News reported that the motion does not ban the events in the Hillshire or council-run venues, but the council will not fund them. Critics argue the decision is a move against queer people, while the council maintains it aims to avoid providing activities of a sexualised nature to young children. Mid-Coast Council has decided to transition out of delivering ageing and disability services, calling for proposals from providers to take over these services for current Mid-Coast Assist clients. The decision is due to significant changes in legislation, the introduction of the National Disability Insurance Scheme and the presence of multiple providers in the Mid-Coast region. Despite generating small surpluses in recent years, budget projections indicate that the service will not be viable for the Council to operate in the long term. It's aiming to ensure a seamless transition to other providers with no immediate changes to services. In Tasmania, Hobart City Councillor Louise Elliott, who was suspended over a code of conduct finding, will return to the Council after serving 16 days of a 30-day suspension. The Mercury has reported that the suspension is on hold after Ms Elliott was granted a stay pending an appeal to the Hobart Magistrates Court. Elliott also plans to take the Council to the Tribunal for allegedly blocking her from booking an event at the Town Hall. Burnie City Council's General Manager Simon Overland has apologised for a controversial social media post that seemed to mock a city councillor. The post, titled Council's Woke Workshop Agenda, was criticised by some in the community for what they described as an unprofessional and bullying tone. Pulse Tasmania reported that Mr Overland has admitted the post was a mistake, accepted the criticism and emphasised the Council's commitment to transparency, respect and kindness. The post was later removed. From Western Australia, the City of Mandurah Council has endorsed a policy statement advocating for increased mining restrictions in the Peel region, according to a report from Perth Now. The policy developed by the Peel Alliance calls for a review of mining regulations, preservation of the region's natural environment and increased community engagement by mining companies. Despite concerns about potential negative public perception, the Council has clarified its stance as supportive of mining but with expectations of responsible practices.
The town of Port Hedland Council has passed a no-confidence motion in its mayor, Peter Carter. The motion was brought forward by Councillor Lorraine Butson due to what she described as frustration with replies given to questions about the feasibility of council business and concerns about the future direction of the council. Other councillors cited long-running leadership issues and frustrations with the actions of the mayor taken without council approval, a lack of effective communication and an erosion of trust and confidence in the mayor. The motion was passed with five votes for and the mayor and one other councillor voting against. And a note from Queensland. Nominations for local government elections close next Tuesday for the elections happening in March. A growing list of retirements, renominations, and surprise first-time candidates is emerging across various council areas, and we'll endeavour to cover more of those after the close of nominations next week. Now on the local government news roundup, it's time for the international spotlight. A selection of stories from beyond Australia now, firstly from New Zealand. West Coast Regional Council is reassessing its use of Met Service weather forecasts due to two recent instances of overestimated rain warnings. The inaccurate forecasts led to unnecessary high alerts and emergency measures, causing public concern and disruption, according to a report from the Otago Daily Times. Council Chairman Peter Haddock suggested using a range of forecasters instead of relying solely on MetService. MetService has defended its forecasts, noting the complex topography of New Zealand and the inherent limitations of weather models. In the US, San Mateo County in California, part of Silicon Valley, has become the first US county to declare loneliness as a public health crisis. The resolution passed by the county's Board of Supervisors does not allocate funds directly to combat loneliness, but signifies the county's commitment to addressing the issue. NBC News reported that the decision was influenced by the UK and Japan, which have appointed national ministers to tackle loneliness and by research linking loneliness to serious health consequences. The county is exploring measures to promote social connection, including making neighbourhoods more walkable and partnering with local social media platforms. From the UK, North Northamptonshire Council has apologised for a mix-up over the location of a Weetabix factory that led to the wrong street being consulted during planning. Localgov.co.uk reported that the error, which was identified after construction had already begun on a warehouse, has sparked anger among local residents and threats of legal action. The council has introduced additional workflow processes to prevent similar mistakes in the future and confirmed that the planning permission remains lawful. The Welsh Government has announced an additional £25 million to support local authorities in 2024-25 with the aim of aiding the social care workforce, schools and helping councils respond to local pressures. The funding will be part of the final budget proposals to be published on the 27th of February. The Chief Executive of Harlow Council has left his role by mutual agreement effective at the end of last month. The Council issued a statement announcing that Andrew Bramage had departed after 10 years with the Council and a little over 12 months in the top job. Yvonne Rees is expected to be appointed as Interim Chief Executive next week. And Walsall Council in England is planning to ban the release of balloons and sky lanterns to protect the environment, wildlife and public spaces. The proposed policy would apply to Council owned land and the adopted highway. The council encourages alternatives such as bubbles, kites, digital fireworks and planting trees. BBC News reports that over 160 local authorities in England have already implemented similar bans. 
You've been listening to the Local Government News Roundup for the 9th of February 2024, brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with support from Davidson, for which we're very grateful. You can find links to the stories I've referenced in the episode, along with a full transcript at lgnewsroundup.com. You'll also find some latest breaking news updates there and learn how you can support the Roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution, which you can cancel at any time. Some subscriber priority access episodes are on the way for you very soon. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I'll be back soon with more Local Government News. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now. Local Government News Roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner.